We're continuing on in our studies, reflections, in the book of Psalms. We begin with, uh, today with uh, the title of a message. Today it says, When Should I Hide? When Should I Hide? One will try and answer that question for you. I believe that we should hide when we're severely pained when we experience when we feel the pain that uh, we encounter in this life from time to time to begin with it starts off in verse number one it says give ear to my prayer oh God have you ever cried out to the Lord that way give ear to my prayer oh God and do not hide yourself from my supplication you know many times I feel like uh, people think God is hiding from them I will say this I, I do believe God uh, if you want to say plays hide and seek sometimes with us but if he does he always leaves his feet showing if you keep looking he's there you just sometimes don't always recognize it. But this writer, you know, he's put it down. God, don't hide. Don't hide from my supplication. He goes on to say, attend to, to me. Hear me. I am restless in my complaint and moan noisily. Because of the voice of my enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they bring down trouble upon me and wrath and in wrath they hate me you know in our life there's sometimes that we uh, cause some of our own troubles I say this quite a bit that sometimes we sabotage our own success success but there are also times when we didn't do anything other people's actions affected us either what they did or they failed to do It says, my heart is severely pained within me. Have you ever been severely pained? And the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearful and trembling have, fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and then it goes even further and it says and horror has overwhelmed me and I believe all of us in the time of uh, COVID and uh, you will say lockdown in that strange goofy world that we went through I feel like this is very relevant I don't know of anybody that didn't deal with times where they felt fearful and were even trembling and they felt like it was our horror movie and we're in it and it seems overwhelming that's the way he writes it overwhelmed within me he goes on to say so I said oh that the wings I had wings like a dove and I would fly away 
and be at rest. <clears throat> I don't know if you remember the commercial. It was a Southwest Airlines commercial, and it showed a, a waitress at a, at a restaurant, and uh, <laughs> she brought a food, some food, set it down to the patron, and, and uh, the person said, I ordered mayonnaise. <laughs> and she took the, the, the bread and scraped the mayonnaise off on the table and put it down, and then it was like, I had the deal, you want to get away? You remember that? Well, I, I say that in the, you know this way kind of humorously, but there's, I believe, everyone in here at one time or another wanted to fly away. We weren't talking about wings like a dove. We were talking about like wings like a plane. We want to get away. We'd fly away and get this, what it says, be at rest. Be at rest. Let me ask you today, can you truthfully lift your hands and say, I'm overly rested? Can you say, I have received enough rest? Anybody? Like the writer, we seek rest. This is indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. In the scripture, in this wilderness, you know, Jesus, he went into a wilderness place to pray. And that wilderness, the definition of it is an uninhabited place. And when we get in that place, like it's describing here, where things have been severely pained, there's trauma, there's difficulties, there's uh, challenges that seem too big for us, we want to get away. I would ask you to raise your hands, but everybody, I think, would, but... Have you wanted to get away and not see anybody? Not talk to anybody? I mean, you, you could even see them, just, let's just not have any conversation. I believe we could probably all say that at one time or another. Again, to me, this scripture is very relevant to us. It's speaking to us today if we're listening, if we're hearing. It goes on to say, I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and the tempest. At men's group, I'm going to put a plug in for it, 7 o'clock on uh, Monday nights. Rich, the other night, was talking about Jesus being in the boat. And I liked he, what he said. He, he was saying he feels like in his life he's either going into a storm or he's in the storm, or he's coming out of a storm. There seems to be many storms in our life, even tempest. And when we get that way, this next set of scriptures, I believe, relate to us many times because here's what we want to do a lot of times. We know the trouble in life, and, and more specifically, we know some people that have caused us trouble in life other people's actions or lack of actions that they did. And then this is what we begin to think about. We were having a difficult time, and many times it's said that this, hurting people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. 
And so it says this, Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on the walls. Iniquity and trouble are also in the midst of it. Destruction is in, in its midst. Get this. Oppression and deceit do not depart from the streets. And then he describes this. He says, for it is not an enemy who reproaches me. If it was my enemy that reproached me, then he said, basically I would understand it. He says, then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me who exalts himself against me. Then I could hide from him or her. But it was a man my equal, my companion, and my acquaintance. It's like Jesus. He had a very close friend that betrayed him. Judas betrayed him. The guy that went with him, walked where he walked, was in ministry with him. Ate what he ate, slept where he slept. And sometimes we have those people that go on a journey with us that hurt or traumatize us. It says, we took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God among the throng. A group of people all went on the conference or to the church or to an event. And then this grips to me, his mind and our mind. When that happens, we, we say things like this. Let death seize them. You ever said I hope they die. Let them go down alive into hell. Those people that were close to me that did me wrong. Oh, you never thought that? You never expressed that against anybody? Hmm. For wickedness is in their dwelling and among them. As for me, though, I'm going to call upon the Lord. I'm going to call upon the Lord to get those thoughts of malicious behaviors out of my mind and out of my heart. The Lord shall save me. Another reason to go to the Lord. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray. I can tell if somebody's in a real deep place of hurt or pain or challenge is because they pray often. Morning, evening, and at noon, three times a day. Maybe they used to pray once or a day or once a week. Now they pray three times a day. I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. We feel a little more confident when we pray three times a day. We've talked to the Lord. It says, he has redeemed my soul in peace. He has bought back my mind, my will, and my emotions in peace from the battle that is against me. For there are many against me, 
And I'll just remind you today, there are many people that are against you today. You do have enemies. And sometimes, unfortunately, those that are close to you can become your enemy. God will hear and afflict them, even he who abides from old, because they do not change, therefore they do not fear God. How do I know when people have an encounter with the Lord and it sticks? It's when people's actions, beliefs change. People can come to church. People can pray. People can cry. But if their life doesn't change, if there's no change, then they hadn't encountered God, salvation, redemption, freedom, if there's no change. If they don't respect, or if you have, say it this way, godly fear, they don't have godly fear, He has put forth his hands against those that were at peace with him. Watch out for people that do that. He has broken his covenant. The words of his mouth are smoother than butter. But war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Cast your burdens on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, shall bring them down to the pit of destruction. Again, I want to say, don't worry about things or what people have done or didn't do. The vengeance of the Lord will take care of them. Whatsoever a person sows, that's what they'll reap. Or, and, the vengeance of God will catch up to them. You don't have to take care of people. God will take care of them. It says, bloodthirsty and deceitful men shall not live half their days, but I will trust in you. See, when betrayal takes place, especially when those that are close to us, it gives us or it makes us review or reevaluate things. For believers in Jesus, uh, we return to the basics of faith, of hope and love, and we closely examine those things. We practice what we used to do when we first got saved, and we go into these new beginnings and use proven methods. Let me ask you today, you know how the Methodist Church got their name? The Methodist Church got their name because they used specific methods for study, for discipleship, for what they did as a group of people. This is how you grow closer to the Lord. That's how they got their name, Methodist. But I want to remind you that there are proven methods to draw close to the Lord, Trust in the Lord, lean on the Lord. See, the way of discovery of Christ and the discipleship with him is following a renewed path. First, 
to look at discipleship as being a journey of continual learning. We encourage our children to continue to learn. Keep learning. You may not go to college always, but you want to keep learning. You want to keep learning new trades, new skills, new talents. And it's the same way spiritually. A disciple is those that continue to learn about God. They don't have God all figured out. They don't know all there is to know about God. They're continually their learning journey together. They started with an encounter with God, though. They started with an encounter, and sometimes when this happens, we have to go back and we have to seek a new encounter with the Lord. And it can be, initially, a lot of times we heard or had this encounter with God by somebody preaching or teaching or somebody that was a believer that just shared their faith or their testimony with us. That's how that encounter began. But there's a response that went along with it. They didn't just let it stop there. They continued on in either hearing the word or reading the word or experiencing things and seeking after more. So when these difficult times in life, go back and do those basic things. Seek an encounter with the Lord. Hear from the Lord. Read. Look for an experience with the Lord. Second is to engage in the word of truth. God's word is truth. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. Once again, we respond to this by investigating. We read a scripture and we see how does that apply for us. I just I encourage you, put yourself in the story that you're reading. Where do you fit in this story? Whatever you may be reading. The more we seriously search after the truth, the more that is revealed and the more measure of freedom that we feel. Now, life in Christ, life in general, we encourage people, don't just run on your feelings. If you run on just your feelings, you're going to be in trouble. If you just run on your feelings with your spiritual walk, your faith walk, you're going to be in trouble. But let me just encourage you. Feelings were invented by God. He put these emotions and these feelings in us, and he helps us to have those emotions and feelings from those encounters and from the search from his word. God will speak to you in a specific verse. See, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Third, we communicate with God. With him as him being re real or not real. I've heard people pray and say, God, if you're real, then show yourself. That's okay. I don't see anything wrong with that prayer. We may ask him for reasonings. Why did you do this? Why did this happen? Whatever. <laughs> Anybody that's had children, especially young children, they get to that age where they ask you why. And they don't just ask it one time. They ask it many times. Why? 
You tell them an answer, and they say, well, why, why is that? And you ask them, and they say, why is that? And they ask, why, why, why? Well, sometimes we're like children. We go to God, and we say, why? And then he answers us, and then we say, why? And we continue to ask him, why? And I believe it's okay. But if you're not careful, that why becomes a whine. We begin to whine to God. We interact with God and with other believers. It's communicating. Fourthly, I say this, it's a recognition that there is a community with God. See, God created man. He created Adam, and then he said this. He said, it's not good for man to be alone, so he made woman and then he just didn't leave it at that he said be fruitful and multiply in other words he's specifically saying have children now is it okay to be single it is okay to be single we're just not against the law all right paul said in the scriptures he was good with being single but that's not the general rule and I believe it's this, that we recognize that we need community. We are created for a community. We need help. Other people need help. We need to communicate with each other to receive help and to give help. We, again, at this point, have a, a choice to engage in community or withdraw from community. Our subdivision had a garage sale yesterday. They call it a community garage sale. So it's in hopes that you fellowship with those other people, right? Apartment complexes, they have community gatherings. They want you to gather around the pool, have a pool party or do whatever. Why? They want you to build community. When you go to college, one of the first things they do is they try to get you to join a club they want you to be engaged with the school. They want you to become part of their community. We're no different. At church, we want you to become part of the community. You know, in uh, school, they have things that are sacred. In uh, fraternities, sororities, certain things they just let's do. This is what we do. They throw signs or whatever it's part of the community gangs are a community see things can be good or bad you can use them either way we need community we need to be part of the community do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as you see that day much more approaching is the Lord's coming back yes soon and very soon every day that you live you're one day closer to meeting him personally do not withdraw completely even if you're injured pained hurt with people at church do not isolate yourself It's okay to be alone, but just for a time. 
what we're saying is sometimes we want to hide. But where do you hide? We desire peace, but when and by what means do we seek peace? Where do you receive peace? Some people do it with drinking or pills or other hallucinogenics. They do other things that try to give them peace. They're searching after peace. See, in these scriptures, this writer is, we're seeing or hearing his plea. He's asking for a response from God, a request for action. His heartache is in a reality. It's a harsh reality. And he's having conflicts of thoughts and emotions, and it's described as fear, terror, trembling, and even horror. Again, I'm not surprised when we feel overwhelmed. I believe everyone at one time or another in this life feel overwhelmed. They feel despair. They feel torment. They want to run away. They have thoughts or even temptations of despair. See, the scripture is not a fairy tale. It's not flowery stories and everything is good. It's about real life. It's about difficult situations. It's about people doing stupid things. It's not about romance. It's about real life. It's records of people and their difficulties, their problems, their challenges, their encounters their challenges again some caused by herself and some caused by others if we're not careful we'll become consumed by thinking of other people's demise or hurt when we need to be thinking about what we need to do we need a hideaway we need a hiding place I believe we're all well aware of the negative things that are happening in the world, the trouble, the destruction, the oppression, the deceit, the conflict. We need a shelter. Especially at those times when those that are close to us, those that walked with us, those that talked with us, those that showed us friendly tendencies have hurt us. It's internal struggle and we don't always understand the reasons and sometimes we just feel like it's it's not believable it's disbelief at things that are happening there's a word in Hebrew it's I believe yod it's about hand friend a friend is yod yod it's, it's where a friend comes to you and he offers both hands to you so you can see what's in them. See, because there's sometimes that people come and they offer one hand to you, and that's what we do a lot of times is we generally shake hands with one hand, we extend one hand. But our enemy, sometimes our friend, will actually have a dagger in the other hand, and they pull you close, and then they stab you. How do you prevent those type things? Well, don't go into trying to go into overnight relationships. Pace yourself with people. 
Don't be overly confident or confide in people just with uh, blind confidence. There is a spiritual sanctuary that God has for us. He is our friend that sticks closer than the brother. He's our hiding place if we allow him to be. His word brings warmth. He is the living bread, the nourishment that we need. The Holy Spirit brings us joy. It is, a, it is the spirit of refreshing water. This is often contrasted by people and the resistance of people that do not change. People fall, they fail, they break covenant. But it says, he ends this this way, but I will trust in you. But the question today is, do you trust in God? Wholeheartedly, completely, not turning back. Sometimes we feel like we've wavered in our faith. Go back and do those things over again. Go through that process of encountering God getting into his word, of communicating with God, and being in community. It says in Proverbs 17 and 24, it says this, Wisdom is in the sight of him who has understanding, but the eyes of the fool are on the ends of the earth. I'm reminded today that we uh, should think before we speak. Amen? you agree with that? One guy says it this way. He says, think twice and you'll be considered the genius in your family. Think before you speak. Think before you confide in people. Completely. It's gold. Pace yourself. Do not put people on a pedestal. Each of us at one time or another have probably lifted our friends up, put them on a pedestal. We actually talked about those friends more than we talked about God. If you're talking about somebody else, if you're honoring them and praising them and showing respect to them more than you are God, watch out. Watch out for those perverse individuals that separate friends. Watch out for those that are scoffers. They won't talk to your face, but they should talk about you later. Watch out for people that are violent. We can be around people. We should be around people. But not be overly impressed by their flattering or flashing words I like to say this we, we don't fall in love overnight just beware of your hiding place and your place of confidence there's a holy one a faithful one a redeemer the way of life the one who saves the one who heals the one who sets free who guides us he directs us he instructs us. He corrects us. And in his correction, he does it lovingly. He sends help. He provides relief. He infuses hope. 
He is the one in which we can always hide when we're hurt. He is the hiding place. Would you stand with us today? I encourage you today to go to that hiding place. To go to that shelter, to that one that you can always confide in. God is a loving God, isn't he? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not, would not, will not perish but have everlasting life. God invites us again today to come and communicate with him, to hear his word, because I believe he wants to speak directly to you today in prayer. He doesn't mind you saying how you feel, what's going on, or what you're concerned about. Hey, I'm Morgan. Thanks for listening to this week's message. You can find us online at fcfrisco.org or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're located in Frisco, Texas. We have services on Sunday at 9.30 and 11 a.m. And you can join us for our Wednesday experience at 6.30 p.m. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And don't forget to join us next week for another episode.